This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, guys? Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Do the Marvel Cinematic Universe as part of our Masterclass series. I'm getting good Boom. at that. Boom, you're right. getting good at that. Yeah. So, nice. you know, we, there was these guys, and, like, we were hanging out, and, like, they were like, yo, man, we should start a <laughs> podcast. And, like, I was like, yeah, man, that would be really cool. But, like, you know, my homeboy, Eric, like, he lives down in Orlando. He does, like, really good artwork and shit. So, like, I was like, yo, Eric, yo, man, let's get some lunch one time. But, hey, I'm doing this other podcast. Can you use some artwork for that podcast first? And he's like, yo, bro, I got you, man. We got this, man. And I'm like, yo, Eric, you know, I know this dude named Doug lives up in Boston, and, like, Doug's super cool, man. He's like mad cool, man. But like, it's really weird because like he's on our podcast sometimes, but he's not really a host yet. But he's going to become an official host. But we should really do a podcast about movies. He has a son too, and his son wants to get on the podcast with us. But I don't know what's going to happen because we don't know what's going on. Sorry, and that truth here movie. <laughs> it's not truth Oh, I don't know how I didn't break stride there. I really thought I was going to fuck it up no, at some you point. Did good, man. You did, you did great, Doug. Uh, you got to you got to mute Zoom or. Yeah, right. I got to meet Zoom. You got to meet Zoom. That's okay. <laughs> Very unprofessional of me. That's okay. Uh, That's how we like we keep it loose around here, man. Loosey goosey. Loosey yeah. goosey. Um, uh, Joe, what's new, guys? what's new with I know what's new with Joe because we just talked about it off air. Um, he had a really cool guitar that I like a lot, and he got rid of it. What's <laughs> <laughs> well, not new? That's like years ago, but well, it's no, new to me. It, I just found out about it. I'm quite hurt. It's probably had five owners since he got rid of That's it. That's true. That's true. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what's new? I, well, we went to Carabas or Carabas as the you know the locals call it here today, for my mom's uh, birthday, which is coming up this week. Which by the time this comes out was probably three weeks ago or four weeks ago. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I got the Johnny's Trio, which is really good. It comes with uh, chicken brine, which is the goat cheese chicken with sun dried tomatoes. It comes with uh, steak marsala. There you go. And it also comes with some mezzaluna raviolis. Oh, not the mezzalunas. <laughs> oh, shit. Mezzaluna. That is, a, the, <laughs> that is a calorie bomb of a dinner, man. I'm proud of you. Yeah, yeah. so I ate the entire thing, plus like an entire loaf of bread and some cake. And then, uh, because right now they're running a, a, a thing, if you buy a certain entrees, you get a lasagna to take home. So I also ate a lasagna. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I, I like that promotion. It's like, hey, you fat fuck. Obviously, yeah. you, <laughs> obviously you love to eat. Here's a lasagna. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, some places are like, well, here's some dinner mints. Like, some places are like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe give you some ice cream on the house. We're like, no, we're giving you a fucking pound of lasagna to take home. <laughs> That's great. That's uh, pretty awesome, man. Yep. Uh, happy birthday to your mom, by the way. How yes. old is, is your mom? Well, uh, she, she's been telling me over and over again all day that, I have a son in my 40s and I'm still in my 50s. And I'm like, 
you know, I'm, I just turned 40. I'm not really in my 40s yet. I'm like, I'm just 40. And she's like, well, I'm going to keep saying it. She's like, it makes me feel younger. I'm like, also, you realize that when you say that, people don't realize you, you had me when you were 18 years old and they'll think like you were like 14 or something. <laughs> like, I want to phrase that a little better. But yeah, she'll be turning uh, 59 this year. Uh-huh. Okay. Wow, your mom and I are the same age. <laughs> hey, Doug, what were you doing in 1982? I know, right? Or 81, I guess. Yeah. Oh, no. Doug! Oh, no. Doug's dead. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> uh, wouldn't that be fucking awesome if you found out that Doug was your real dad? Would it, though? <laughs> no, probably not. No, it would be cool. I It'd would be, be strange. Proud. Yeah, it'd be very... Dad, yeah. Doug, what's what's new with you, man? What's new with me? Uh, well, by the time this airs, I will have helped my daughter Hannah move again. <laughs> I love you, honey. But yeah, she she got a new job, which uh, facilitated finding a new place. She's up in Boston in the city, so she's very excited that she's living in the city now. Oh, that's nice. cool, um, man. Yeah, and that will have happened in real life. That's next weekend. <laughs> But so I will have survived. I'll be very sore. Yeah. Um, and but you're doing, you're doing like a city move in where you got to like double park a, a U-Haul. It's uh, luckily there is a, there is a parking lot next to okay. the building that I think we can park in uh, to unload. And she doesn't have a lot of stuff, to be honest with you. Um, there's going to be stuff. The U-Haul is as much to move extra stuff into storage. Um as it is to move move so okay um, it won't be that bad getting their stuff in it'll, be, it'll more be unloading cars i think yeah and then you know that's, that's exciting man she's so excited she's yeah. so excited because like i said she's got a lot of friends up in the boston area so she can get to see them a lot more now and be a city girl well boston to me i've always said boston's a town masquerading as a city yeah, um, and yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah. But I, I again, it's one of my favorite cities in America. Well, I mean, it is full of townies. That's true. it is full of townies. Yeah, one of my favorite memories of Boston was yeah. you know leaving it. No, I love <laughs> Boston. Boston's and, a cool town, man. It really I love is. Boston, and they have the the duck boats. You know, this tourist oh, yeah? thing. You know, yeah, yeah. these these uh, vehicles that you can see all the sights in and stuff. And we took one of those one time, and as we're going by this group of townies, one of them shouts. We're the heart of Boston. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so perfect. It was like, it is, you know. It is. Yeah, and she's uh, she's going to be in the Southie area, so she's moving to where the real shit happens. That is and, uh, that's pretty real. Yeah. That's pretty. Although Southie's getting a little more. Yeah, know, and she's on the, it. she's towards the north, the, the north, the north end, uh, the north end near the convention center. So, uh, oh, yeah, man. but. Southie's still Southie when it comes down to it. I mean, that's, you know. That's true. But that's if what we makes, could, that's charm, I could, guess. Could the three of us do a, you know, a, a little trip up to Boston to yes. the North End Please. and just eat delicious Italian food and bakery Please. food all day long? I, I'm I've never been there, so I'm down. Mike's oh, Bakery, the best cannolis uh, on the planet Earth. Joe. We need to get sponsors mm. so we can actually just travel. I know, fun. right? Yeah. There's a restaurant in the North End in Boston. It's in an alley, and the hours are erratic at best. I think it's open like two days a week, and you eat whatever that old lady is cooking. Yeah. There's yeah. no menu. There's like patio furniture in there. There's like two tables. Yeah. And uh, we haven't been able to eat there. Every time we go, it's like, no, sorry, we're closed. It's right. Saturday at, at 
noon. Nope. Yep. Look, if me and you are eating spaghetti in an alleyway, can we lady in the trampet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will yeah. video that shit. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug. We could do, th- do three-way spaghetti. Hell yeah. I'm down. Mm-hmm. Harder right. to pull off, but yeah, nah, it's it'll work. worth the effort. No, no, just get two noodles. Or three noodles make like a try like a triforce. Yeah. Oh yeah. It'll work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but real quick, <laughs> I will I will put some of the restaurants on Federal Hill in Providence up against any of the Italian restaurants in in North Boston. Okay. And that's not to shit on because the restaurants in Bo- in North Boston or North End are great. Yeah. But Federal Hill, man, because that's actually the largest concentration of Italian Americans uh, in New England. There's more Italian Americans in Providence than there are in Boston. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's and interesting. So they know what they're doing, and it's one street. It's called Federal Hill, Atwell's Avenue, and uh, there's just it's Restaurant Row, and it's cool because oh. it's not far from us, you know. Okay. So we gotta go, Joe. We gotta go, man. Yeah. We're gonna get the hell out of Florida. We do a live show from Boston, man. Oh, that'd be so. That'd fun. be super cool. I never been there, place. dude. You you have a great time, man. Boston, like I said, Boston is a great town. It's one of my favorite places. To, to hang out really it's is. so fun we can see the nation's greatest baseball team oh yes <laughs> where kids starve <laughs> wait baseball sucks though so like who cares who the greatest team is like oh, be quiet joe you don't yeah. know nothing about no goddamn baseball out there <laughs> um what's new with me is um many of you masters of the cinematic universe listeners came to us vis-a-vis our uh our friends Tom and Dan and Semantics and, and Florida shows that are huge and amazing and that have been gracious to us in many different ways over the years. And uh, I've been working on something real exciting for uh, Tom and Dan that I can't talk about. And you're not going to hear it from them. You're not going to hear it from anybody until like September bleeding into October. So this is the only nugget, the only hint of something that you're going to get until then. It's something that you're going to be able to get. It's going to probably be a pre-order of some kind. Um, and it's, I'm really excited about it. It's really fun, really cool, very seasonal. October is a hint. That's yeah. all I can say. All excellent. I can say. Excellent, excellent. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> not a mug. No, see, Joe's holding up a mug. I think it's Stein. Not- I was not trying to say it, though. I'm no. trying to guess not saying it. And you're... Not gonna tell me when we get done with this, right? Yeah, absolutely not. I'll ne- yeah, my lips You're are sealed, man. You're not going to tell me. <laughs> You're supposed to wink with the other eye, Joe. Yeah, wrong eye. Uh, wrong reverse eye. camera. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, everything's reversed. You can't just put your butthole up to the lens and pucker it. That's not a wink. That's that's something Joe totally different. Joe can't pucker his anymore, though. That's true. That's true. It's too relaxed. Neither anyway. What are we here to talk about, gentlemen? Are uh, we doing another one of these fancy MCU, me- CU, CU, CUs? We are. Yeah. This one involves little people. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> oh, no, hold on. Why? No, no, no. That's acceptable. That's, that's acceptable true. within no, the Marvel cu- Universe. That's acceptable. cultural appropriation in this case, though, because no. they're not actual little people. Well, they, they're, they're occasionally little people, and sometimes yeah, but, they're really big people. Yes. Yeah, kind of st- one of them I, is, anyway. Is it really little or is it like small? Well, I. What's the, what's the distinction there? Are we, you know what that just reminded me of? Have you ever seen the video of the three old boys says it's raining and the two twin girls say, no, my mom said it's sprinkling? 
Yes. And he's like, my mom said it's raining. It's like, is it little or small? Yeah, yeah. yeah well, this, is like, this is yeah. like the equivalent of saying that Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder was a black person. Like, well, not, no, there's not no actually, ambiguity there. He's like, not. They're not actual <laughs> little people. Like, that's the problem. Like, but they are little. They are little. And, and they people. are people. Yeah, I'm starting to come over to Jug's side here. I'm sorry. Yeah, see? Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. I don't, I'm going to stay away from that one. Why is it, I'm being the politically correct one for Right? Once. What's going yeah. on here? What the it's fuck is this? Day. Yeah. We must be in the fucking quantum zone on this motherfucker. Yeah. Speaking right. of which, Ant-Man and the Wasp. And the Wasp. A very fun, very lighthearted MCU sequel uh, that we're going to talk about today, man. We talked previously about ant-man fantastic movie a comedy a heist movie a little different flavor for the marvel cinematic universe this is kind of more of the same which is welcome after all the heavy heavy shit that's been going on in the mcu um let's dive right in yeah the film opens in 1987 as hank pym played by michael douglas and his wife janet van dyne played by the lovely michelle pfeiffer uh, are set to go on a mission leaving their young daughter, Hope, played by Madeline McGraw, at that age, of course, uh, in the care of their housekeeper. We get more wonderful CGI time travel-y fuckery. Yeah. This is voodoo. This is not done by a an effects house. This is a deal made with the devil. And <laughs> I don't even believe in the devil, but it's the only way that this was was done. Yeah. Impossible any other way. This is yep. pure, pure witchcraft, this bullshit. Um, as Ant-Man and the Wasp, they shrink themselves to stop a Soviet nuclear missile from detonating inside American territory, finding that they can't shrink small enough to slip between the steel plates of this missile. Janet goes what we call subatomic to drop the missile into the ocean, but it left her lost in the quantum realm, and she was presumed dead. There's a whole lot of pseudoscience at work in this movie. But basically, you can get really small, but once you go too small, there's no coming back. Um, Hank tells Hope, which is now played by Evangeline Lilly, that there might be a way to bring Janet back. Uh, as we move to present time with uh, Scott Lang and Paul Rudd as a new Ant-Man, because he went subatomic and managed to return to normal size, which is something that Hank didn't think was possible until it happened. Right. Um, so now we're in present day, and uh, we meet Scott again, one of, one of my and probably all of our favorite Marvel characters, Scott Lang. Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's a treasure. The man is an absolute treasure. Um, just a real quick aside, I got rickrolled, so to speak, so bad because I saw a – this was right after uh, Disney's – was it D26 now or whatever it is? I, uh, D23. I, yeah, D23. Yeah, yeah, twenty three. I saw I saw a link for the Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania uh, for a teaser trailer, and it looked all official. And I clicked on it, and it was uh, the clip from Mac and Me that Paul Rudd <laughs> plays every time he's on Kobe. Yeah. Like, son of a bitch, you got me! Yeah, I got nailed. I laughed, so I was laughing out loud. I was like, Erica's looking at me. What's wrong with you? Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we, we, we quickly learned that Scott has been under house arrest uh, after violating the Segovia Accords uh, by helping, um, you know, Cap, as he loves to call him, uh, at an airport over in Germany, um, you know, back when we look at Civil War. Um, yeah. He's been locked up. 
So as part of his agreement, he's two years house arrest, three years probation. But if he fucks up, it's 20 years probably in, on the raft. Uh, we, that wasn't specified, but we would think that it is. Um, so he's spending the day with Cassie, uh, Abby Ryder Forston, uh, who's visiting him for the day. Um, it's really cool what they do, what he does. Um, there's a whole, um, the whole house is set up like a fort and like a heist. You know, he goes on a mission with his daughter to steal. It's so the, cute. Yeah, it's adorable. And I mean, there's a friggin' roller coaster made of cardboard, you know, that goes down the stairs and out the door. And, um, you know, there's a giant ant <laughs> that Michael Payne has to control for a second. Uh, a whole bunch of stuff. It's, it's really fun. Uh, during this playtime, though, his foot crashes through the fence, uh, the foot with the ankle bracelet on it. And even though it's inches outside the perimeter, it sets off the warning, um, and the FBI swarms the house. Um, we meet Agent Jimmy Wu, uh, played by Randall Park, another absolute scene stealer. I mean, Randall Park <laughs> is the friggin' best. Yeah. You just his his comic delivery is very Paul Ruddish well, in the just sense they're both him and everything. Like, yeah. Well, no, exactly. He, it's him as a comedian. I mean, he made me like fucking Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's his... I, so I felt shitty. I'm like, how do I like a fucking North Korean dictator? Yeah. Because it's fucking Randall Park. It's his delivery. He's very understated in his yeah. comedic delivery, and it just makes it even friggin' funnier. And and Rudd's, Paul Rudd's similar in that. You know, a lot of what he does is, is comes off as understated, but it's like just killer jokes. And yeah. So Randall Park is just so great. Um, and they, they work really well together. They do. Um, so Agent Jimmy Wu, he's leading the inspection to make sure Scott isn't doing anything suspicious. Uh, Scott explains what happened. Um, you know, that, you know, when your daughter comes to visit and you can't leave the house, you got to get creative, which he obviously did. Um, so he says, you learn everything. I even learned sleight of hand, close-up magic. And he does that makes a card disappear out of his hand. And like Agent Wu is immediately like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, he even, is this when he drops the line? He goes, Scott, tell me how you did it. Yeah, yeah. And, and Scott's thinking he's asking him how, how he did the whole, you know, Germany thing. You know, yeah, no, no. How'd you make the card disappear? <laughs> Which I like there's a callback to that later in the movie. Yeah. Yes. It, be it becomes a great through line for this whole story. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. So, um, you know, as the FBI is wrapping things up, um, Maggie, uh, so that's Scott's ex-wife, played by Judy Greer, and her new husband, Paxton, played by Bobby Cannavale, who's also great. They're all great. Anyway. The only yeah. problem with Judy Greer is I can't picture her as anybody but Cheryl Carroll from Archer. Like, every time. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, I go back to the, to the nasty woman from 13 going on 30. Mm. <laughs> well, in, in Archer, she's like the girl who just wants to be choked out all the time and have, like, crazy sex stuff. And, like, I hear her voice all the time and, like, I don't know if her name's actually Cheryl or Carol, but Archer never calls her. He calls her one of those two names the entire thing. They never really like tell you which one's her actual name. Shockingly, I've never watched Archer. Oh, it's so good. You would, you would love. Now that's a show you would love. No, I know, Joe. I've tried it. I, no, it's too much. Oh, Five wow. minutes in, and I'm like, "Holy shit, this is too much," and I stop. That's what happens wow. with this stuff. Man. It's like overload. It's like a brain overload. I can see that. And that's then it becomes unfunny to me. It's a lot going on. Yeah, I, I I appreciated this whole Scott Lang cardboard fortress thing. Yes, um, spoke to me on a personal level. I I did stuff like this with my kids when they were really young. Yeah, and and in fact, when my um my last kid, my third kid, we found out we were having another one. 
we did these birth announcement videos and that one was uh Raiders of the Lost Ark themed. Wow. So so we in the hallway we put up all these strings and like, you know, spider webs and stuff and I had this big box that I had as the door coming down, you know, slowly and then I dressed my daughter up as Indiana Jones so she could grab the whip <laughs> at the last second. So we kind of set up something similar to this. Yeah. Uh, you know, on a smaller, more right. realistic scale. Oh, that's so but, great, man. You are. I'll, I'll try to are, find that uh, video and send it to cool. you guys at you some are point. You a creative family. A creative son of a bitch you are. Well, we're just, we you get know? bored, man. <laughs> no, I understand that, but you got some talent there, buddy. You do. Oh. Um, so, yeah. So as the FBI is leaving, we meet, again, we meet Maggie and Paxton, uh, you know, and that's you know it's hysterical because maggie just you know she goes all karen on agent Wu, telling him you know you can't just barge in here and bobby kind of you know paxton is a police officer so he goes yes they can you need a warrant <laughs> uh no they don't <laughs> he corrects her and lets her know that this is all legal um so yeah so it, it's a great it's a great start to the movie it really is it introduces the uh, reintroduces characters that we know in a very very fun way yeah so um He's got three days left of house arrest, and uh, he's doing everything he can to keep himself kind of occupied. He's playing rock band, like all kinds of crazy shit. Um, he's taking a bath, and then he uh, has a dream where he finds himself as Janet, who is the wife and mother for uh, Hope and Hank, um, playing hide-and-seek with a young Hope. Uh, later, Scott's thinking about this and decides to give Hank a call, um, despite the fact that he and Hope haven't talked uh, since he's been arrested, he tells Hank about the drink, the dream he saw, and uh, a few hours later, Scott like is tranquilized by something in his room. Yeah, it was. Uh, again, this is uh, the speed of this movie is very comedic and very like uh, playful. Yes. So uh, yep. he wakes up and he finds Hope driving him somewhere, and what we discover is a shrunken van. Uh, and how we discover it is hysterical it's just a giant pigeon eye looking in the window <laughs> scott jumps yeah, yeah it's it's just fantastic man it's the great comedy the gags yeah. gags aplenty yep. um she lets him know that they took off his ankle bracelet and put it on the giant ant that scott has living with him <laughs> playing drums playing rock band yes um they arrive at the lab where they show Scott that they've created a tunnel into the quantum realm in the hopes of bringing Janet back. After Scott describes his dream in full detail, Hank and Hope deduce that he and Janet are connected because of the time he spent in the quantum realm. So it's a very cool MacGuffin at work here. Yep. Um, they're missing a key electronic component to get the tunnel to work, so they had to meet with someone who possesses it. Very cool kind of comic booky cameo coming up. Oh, yeah. uh, Hank shrinks the lab and takes it with him. Um, again, like just the visual gags that you can do with a shrinky type movie, a la Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. It's, yes. it's, it's I always will get Honey, I Shrunk the Kids vibes in these movies too. Like, Yeah, of course. I mean, we got ants. I mean, Auntie, R.I.P. <laughs> Took one for the team. Anthony. Um, Anthony. Anthony. Anthony was the original Anthony. And he, yeah. he, man, he stood up to that scorpion and I uh, still... Yep. You know, pour one out for him every once in a while. Um, yeah, when he shrinks the lab and, and it's got like the the luggage, you know, <laughs> the pull on it, that's fucking fantastic. Um, so that all happens, but while it's happening, they don't realize they're being watched by a transparent figure. 
Yeah. Um, so they are now on their way to the meet. Uh, so they get to a restaurant where Hope meets with uh, the aforementioned Sonny Birch, played by the fantastic Walton Goggins. Um, talk about a guy with comedic timing. Um, oh, yeah. Is second to none. The, 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 guys, the guy's amazing. And, yeah, Sonny, Sonny Birch, yeah, he's, a, he's just that typical smarmy. He's, you know what he's like? He's like Justin Hammer uh, from Iron Man 2. He's like, yes. you know what? Sam Rockwell, same, same style of that smarmy know-it-all, you know, who thinks he's got, the, he's got the goods on everybody, and a lot of times he does. Um, you know, and, and he's larger than life. You know, yeah. th- that's, as, that's it as much as anything. So he's, he's a guy who, who deals on the black market, um, supplying people with uh, uh, hard-to-get electronic items. Um, so that's why they're working with him. Uh, Scott and Hank are in the van monitoring the situation. Um, and uh, so Birch knows that, uh, you know, she, she's introduced there as Susan, but uh, Sonny knows that, you know, she's Hope Van Dyne. Um, so he calls her out on it. And uh, he refuses to give up that component that, that Hope is there to pick up and pay for. Uh, so she appears to leave. Um, you know, she starts walking away. They're trying to think of another way to do it. Um, Birch and his goons start to walk out. Um, and it's great because it's obviously, it's a trope. But, you know, the over-the-top, larger-than-life black market arms dealer has buffoony yeah. Like henchmen. <laughs> oh yeah, he must have got him from the tracksuit mafia. Was that exactly, or? exactly? <laughs> yeah. But it's 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 well done because it's Marvel and it's the Ant Man movie. So their comedic you know value to this is just as good as anything. Um, so uh, they start walking out, but they're knocked around by Hope in a wasp suit. Um, Scott, you know, he didn't know about the existence of wasp, <laughs> and uh, it's funny. You gave her wings. <laughs> <laughs> could you have given me wings yeah yeah (laughs) red bull Uh, yeah exactly uh so oh yeah wings and blasters (laughs) he's very he's very pissed off uh she fights them in the restaurant's kitchen it's a very cool fight scene um again well done with the you know the uh, shrinkage dairy and you know (laughs) back to normal size she's using all that to her advantage to kick the shit out of you know these again buffoonish goons um Hope grabs the component, but she's attacked from the invisible figure from earlier, uh, who we learn is Ghost, paid by, played by Hannah John Kamen. Um, yeah, so we see that she's sort of phasing in and out of visibleness, I guess. Yeah. She's becoming invisible and then visible again, but it seems to be random, and she's uncomfortable. You know, we already get the vibe that there's something not right with what's going on. Um, this allows her to phase through pretty much any object, um, which, you know, puts hope at a disadvantage, uh, in the fight. Uh, she holds her own, but it, it kind of goes, goes away. Um, Scott joins hope as Ant-Man in the new suit to help her, but ghost escapes and makes her way to the van and then steals the lab, the shrunken lab from Hank. I do like how everything's like a micro machine playset in this fucking Isn't movie. Isn't it cool? Yeah, Isn't it cool? it's so cool. You know, Ugh. it's funny because I, I have, I have a hard time. I had a hard time, like when I first started watching Ant Man and then especially this one, and wrapping my head around shrinking a car and allowing it to grip 
you know, the road like a regular yeah, car and like shrinking a building down and rolling it with like a suitcase and not having everything go all over the place inside. Yeah. But first you have to suspend disbelief. But also, how does the plumbing work? No, it, yeah, no, exactly. But it's also for me, the way I got around it and helped myself get, get my head around is that my relationship to things like this are just toys and toys aren't real cars. Like mm. a Hot Wheels car that size is just a little piece of plastic with no weight. It's, but this is an actual car. It's shrunk down. So, of course, it's going to drive right. Even if you it's know what, small. You know what helps yeah. me with that is years and years of comic book bullshit pseudoscience. There you go. And the way there they explain go. things in comic books is so fucking heavy handed. Mm-hmm. And the way even in this movie, the way it's supposed to work is even if something's really small, the density is supposed to increase. Right. So it's, exactly. it's so, like much, uh, much heavier. You're than telling me is. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, so baby. It, yeah, you know, even though it might look small, it's, it's thickest uh, it's thing you've ever seen, Joe. Packing quite yeah. a punch, you know. <laughs> Two inches and twenty-five pounds. It's it makes a thump when it hits the table. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So, I, so that's how. I mean, obviously, it's all about suspending disbelief. But um, yep. you know, I got to suspend disbelief later when that Hyundai outruns that RT Charger. Ain't it great? <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it's it. Yeah, when we get to that. Yeah, when we get to that, I'll, yeah. I'll, I have a I have a point about that too. So, so um, uh, Scott brings Hope and Hank to hide at XCon, uh, which is a fucking <laughs> funny name for a company, by the way. Uh, it's the security company that's run by Luis and uh, Dave, played by Ti um, Tip Harris, yeah. and uh, Kurt, played by I'm not going to try to say his name Dal- Dalmatian. No, it's <laughs> Dost- Dalsmachian. Come on, man. Dave, Dal- Dave, Dave the Dalmatian and his employees. Dust yes. uh, Malchian. They are trying to come up with a plan to get their lab back. Um, Hank uh, figures he needs to seek some help from his former friend and partner, uh, Bill Foster, who's played by one Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, he did a couple mm-hmm. of Marvel movies back to back there, pretty much. Yeah, he did. You know? Um,. And then we find out the ghost. Oh, no, I, that's, I just confused Forrest Whitaker and him and just mushed them all together. I know. I, I tried to power through. They are both <laughs> distinguished gentlemen. Well, I have to apologize now because they're both distinguished actors, and, you know, I lumped them together. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Uh, ghost, whose real name is Ava, goes back to her house where she gets in this special chamber that helps her control her phasing. Yeah, I got a chamber like that. controls my phasing. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? No, I don't even know what that means. Um, Scott, Hope, and Hank go in disguise to the university that Bill teaches at. He maintains a grudge with Hank over the work they did together decades earlier, which was Project Goliath. And if you know your comic book bullshit, he is Goliath. It's a beautiful little thing. It's a no, nice cool. little nod. Um, in which Bill reached 21 feet high. Scott then sees Wu and his fellow agents I like, outside. I like a, a dick measuring contest. I know, too. right? <laughs> I'm at 60. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I, it's it's a wonderful gag. It really is. Um, uh, yeah, so Wu and the FBI agents are outside, and they think they know he's in there. Um, before they go, Bill tells them that they can locate the lab by modifying a diffractor on one of the suit's regulators. Hank says they can't use the new Ant-Man suit because it's a work in progress, so Scott tells them they can find it in the older suit, which is in a trophy that Cassie took to school for show and tell. Right, which he previously told them he had destroyed. <laughs> yeah, totally lied about it. Exactly. All right. Uh, yeah, so Scott and Hope have to sneak into Cassie's school 
to get the uh, suit back. Uh, but Scott's regulator malfunctions, making him um, the size of a child. And it's very hysterical because they're, they're in an elementary school. And this is very, very uh, what we do in the Shadows season three-esque <laughs> with baby Colin Robinson. Yep. Um, it's, it's obviously more well done because the CGI buzzet, budget is bigger than the show because baby Colin Robinson is very disturbing to look like. <laughs> look yeah. at, holy shit. He's so hard to look at, but it's so funny. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Scott's basically, again, it's another, it's it's a, a means to the ultimate end in the movie, but it's a great comedic scene with him running around <laughs> wearing a hoodie that's oversized. Um, so, yeah, they get into Cassie's classroom and get the suit out of the trophy before they are spotted. Yeah, I think I think that's one of the funniest scenes in the movie because... Yes when you start playing with like, okay, he's either really tiny or normal size. It's you, your expectations are met. It's like, what yeah. if he's like a little too small? Like, yeah, you know, exactly. And then even when he, he, you know, when they get out with, he, and he climbs into the van, he's got to struggle up into the van <laughs> and he's like, would you like a cookie? Hank's like, would you like a cookie? <laughs> How about a juice box? And then, and then Scott goes, you have juice boxes? <laughs> <laughs> Totally earnest. That's see. That's yes. where Paul Rudd yeah. shines. Exactly. It, is that's the most genuine reaction? Yeah. In the movie, I mean, like, Michael Douglas is so good that I mean, he he keeps up. Like his his comedic timing is fantastic as well. You know. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's definitely a great scene. Uh so the trio or no? Oh, oh, Joe, is it your turn? Yes. Oh, I think it is. Yeah. I was just waiting for someone to fuck it up. <laughs> we we almost we almost got there, man. We almost got. It was the truly strawberry lemonade hard seltzer that almost put me on the edge. Uh, but there you go. Nice. I'm drinking unicorn farts. I know. Nice. I know. It's the edible uh, glitter that really does it for me. Yep. Fruity cereal sour. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've finally gone too far. <laughs> I think beer uh, has finally gone too yeah, far. Yeah. Craft yep. beer is over. Yeah. You know, you're the god of mischief, but I'm just saying you could be more. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the trio locate Ava's house, and they find the lab. Uh, She's able to knock out all three of them and has them tied up. Um, She reveals she's been working with Bill, who took her in as a child, and her father, um, Elias Starr, played by Michael Cerveris. I don't know if I couldn't read that. I was thinking Cervasis, but... (laughs) Michael Cervases. Basically, he had attempted to reach into the quantum realm, but uh, his tunnel became unstable. So his wife, Catherine, uh, played by Rianne Still, tried to escape with the young Ava, but the little girl ran back for her father. The tunnel caused a huge explosion, which killed Elias and Catherine. But uh, Ava, Ava had survived, and her molecules had destabled, which now results in her uncontrolled phasing. Mm-hmm. Um, she and Vi- Bill plan to use the quantum energy that uh, Janet had to turn Ava normal again, even though this might kill Janet. Um, there's a funny scene in here where Scott gets a fucking FaceTime phone call from his daughter that says 911. Yes. <laughs> and it's just because she's looking for shoes for soccer, which I thought was pretty funny. Yes. Um, Hank uh, fakes a heart attack in his best... Um, uh, what was the show where the guy's always faking a heart attack? Oh, a Community. Uh, fucking Chevy Chase Pierce. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does this best Pierce impersonation, fakes the heart attack. Um, and when he goes to grab a tin of Altoids where his med- medicine is you know, supposed to be contained, 
uh, it really has a bunch of trained ants that grow large and help free them, allowing them to escape and then take the lab back in the process. Hell yeah. Have you been injured by an unstable <laughs> tunnel into the quantum realm? No. No, you haven't. Because that's not real. Um, after enlarging the lab, Janet takes control of Scott's mind, revealing to Hope and Hank a new algorithm that will help them stabilize the tunnel and enter the coordinates to locate her. But she warns them that they only have two hours before the quantum realm becomes so unstable they won't be able to reach her for eh, another century. That's yep. Uh, so after enlarging the lab... Uh, uh, no, that's what you just read. You <laughs> motherfucker. Another day, another Doug. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, Doug! Exactly. I will move on to the next one, then. Uh, so Birch and his goons go to XCon, the XCon office, to interrogate uh, Luis, Dave, and Kurt using a truth serum. And this might be the funniest scene in the fucking movie. Um, oh, yeah. This is my intro to this episode. Yeah, because it's just the, the back and forth between Luis and, and the guy who's administering the truth serum about there's no such thing as a truth serum. And he describes what it does, and all three guys are like, no, it sounds like a truth serum. serum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's hysterical. Um, so Luis, Luis reveals that uh, Scott is with Hope and Hank in the woods where they set up the lab. Um, Ava appears uh, after having heard this information. Uh, she takes out the wheels on Birch's van, and she heads to find the heroes herself. Uh, Birch then contacts the crooked FBI agent, Stoltz, uh, played by Sean Cleeler, um, and tells him where Scott will be so that he can, you know, be the big hero. Because uh, the FBI descending on the lab will also help uh, Birch achieve his end, uh, his means, I mean. Uh, so uh, Stoltz tells Wu, um, I got a lead. <laughs> oh, I love leads. <laughs> In Randall Park. Oh, I love leads. Um, and uh, so then uh, Lewis quickly warns Scott uh, so that he can return home before he's caught escaping the house arrest. Uh, Cassie's with him and says he could use a partner to help him, meaning herself. But Scott says he has hope, which uh, Cassie thinks is also a good fit. So, and this is setting up things to come. Uh, the, the whole the whole comment about all well, this later on comments about well, you know uh, Cassie wanting to help people and stuff so they're setting up the movie that's to come two years next year next yeah, year Quantum, yep. Quantumania yeah which fucking Modoc's gonna be in that shit really <sighs> I saw that too man yeah that's I was exciting. like it's not gonna be Patton Oswalt Modoc though no 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 but it's still Modoc I was like what yeah. we're gonna have Kang the Conqueror Modoc like that's gonna be a soft although the real yeah. The real move would be have Patton Oswalt do the voice. I know. You know what I mean? I like, If there's a movie, an Ant-Man movie is the way that could happen seamlessly and without being awkward at all. It'd be fantastic. I'm excited about it. Yeah. yeah. Like, even if it's not Patton Oswalt, just have the, the MODOK character. This is where he belongs in this movie. Yeah. This, so because this cool. is the, the cast of crazy characters that right. he belongs with. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, you know, and that's the cool thing, again, overall about the Ant-Man movies is that you know, they're, they're kind of standalone movies, but they do advance the, the overall Marvel arc very well yeah, while just totally. being unique and standalone. It's, it's, it's a wonderful vehicle. 
you know. And we've we've established the multiverse, so like having Patton Oswald in the MC was not a problem. Like right. we have a universe where everything's made of paint at this point. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um I wonder if he's gonna play Agent Koenig eventually. Yeah. That would be cool too. That really would. Because, yeah. yeah. I don't know, Shield Cannon now? No. They shit all over that foggy shit all over that thing. I don't know what his problem was, <laughs> but that's why they weren't in Infinity War. Like that would have been as cool to see the New York heroes come out as a fucking yeah. portal open up and the goddamn shield people and the Inhumans come out. Like, come on, two seconds of movie time. Oh, Just they're talking. Do it. I saw another thing today. They're talking about the, the what they called them, like the dark, like the the Dark Souls boys or something, or Dark Magic boys, and it was basically Ghost Rider, Daredevil, Punisher, and um, Moon Knight. Oh, the oh, Marvel shit. Knights. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. They announced that, I saw an announcement for today that they were working on like, um, either like a series or a movie of that, too. That'd be really cool. Holy crap. And it was, it was cool. Moon Knight, Punisher, Ghost Rider, and Daredevil. That, dude. That would be excellent. Yeah, there, there's so much exciting stuff coming down the pike. I mean, that they, they released that new She-Hulk trailer with uh, Matt Murdock, Daredevil in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Just... They stepped up with that trailer because the first one was iffy, and they they <laughs> they did a pretty decent redemption job with that second well, trailer. From what I heard, in She-Hulk, Daredevil and Jessica Jones are both supposed to be in it. Yeah, oh, that's cool. No, Doug, no, you're I... right. They Sonic the Hedgehog the shit out of that. Yes, did they though? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They... It worked extra hard because uh-huh. that, that fell very flat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Hope and Hank now are caught by FBI agents um, once they've shrunk the lab. Stoltz grabs it, but he gets knocked out by Ava, who takes the lab herself. Uh, Scott then uses his trained ants to help break Hope and Hank free and get them out of the FBI headquarters, uh, which I thought this was a cool callback to like when he got him out of jail the first time with the, the numbers counting down. Yes. Um, the ants uh, then then guide the three to the lab's new location, um, which is cool. He's like, yeah, I put a new type of tracker in it. One that can't be really. It's like fucking the ants are flying in front of him like arrows. Yeah. Um, Hank uses a uh, uh, giant ants to get Bill out so that he can get his old suit to go into the quantum realm and find Janet. Uh, the lab gets shrunk again, and Luis grabs it. Uh, Scott now is Ant Man gets attacked by Ava, but holds her off long enough that Hope and Louise can get away. Scott then uh, flies away on a flying ant. Oh, which is... we, can we remember the ant's names? One is Ulysses-esque <laughs> ant. Yes, yes. Ant. <laughs> what, there's, I can't remember the other names. The, um, his names are so great. He, this one, he does like a, a tribute to Antony, though. I know, remember, like, he says, because like, he says like yeah. the memory of, maybe he calls it Anton? Yes. One is Anton, and there's another one. But anyway, I just had yeah. to bring that up, yeah. Yeah, the, I'm on Google right now because uh, I found Antony. Yes, he's the most he's, notable of the ants. He's the first one, yeah. Uh, he was a carpenter ant and the loyal steed of Ant-Man. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get sidetracked here. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> but it is a great running gag that every ant has a name. Um, Scott flies away on a flying ant to meet up with Hope and Luis at the rendezvous point, but they're followed by Birch and his men as well as Ava. Hope shrinks and enlarges the van to literally throw the goons off, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was neat. Um, even enlarging, enlarging, is that a word? I don't know. Yeah. A, a Hello Kitty Pez dispenser to throw one of them. 
Yeah. Oh, and uh, just so everybody knows, yeah. if you haven't seen it, this takes place in San Francisco. So yep. they're Hills racing everywhere. through the streets, uh, the hilly streets of San Francisco, getting this shit done, and it's absolutely remarkable. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Totally yeah. cool. And it was cool. And to- for some reason, they have something against three hundreds and Chargers because they keep getting fucking smashed in San Francisco. <laughs> Chong Chi smashes a three hundred. That's because their gas guzzle, Joe, in San Francisco is very forward thinking. Uh, well, maybe that's it. It's a bunch okay. of pussies live there. Ooh, right. Shots fired. Just, it's only the tech the tech giant headquarters of the fucking planet. Well, but San yeah. Francisco isn't. San Jose is. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's like fifty miles away. It's not the fucking same city. But everybody lives in between the two and they do all that shit. So Yeah, come on, get a Tesla. San Francisco is a doing? bunch of yeah. granola eating uh, hippies. What's wrong okay. with granola? Huh? Well, I mean, it's delicious. Highest median house price on the, in the fucking country. That's um, it is. It's ridiculous. It is. It's stupid, dumb. Um, sorry. Go ahead, Eric. That's okay. Uh, Scott grows to giant man to stop them, which is uh, another cool, you know, throwback to the Civil War movie. It's a big yep. giant Ant Man. Um, but as Ava intervenes, Hope becomes the Wasp to fight her. Birch takes the lab and runs to the docks where he boards a ship to get away. Scott grows again to reach him and stop him to recover the lab. Louise shows up in another car to meet with them, but Scott gets lightheaded from being so goddamn huge <laughs> that he falls well, into the water. I feel for him. I've had this problem quite a few times. Every time. <laughs> man. Every time. I'm like... It's a real you got, issue. You, it's you a got real 15 issue. minutes because I'm going to pass out afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> you know... I, Listen, we're we're men. We can talk about intim- intimacy openly. It's a it's a problem, man. Every time I get aroused, yeah. you know, I, I have a solid five ten minutes before I pass out because so much blood is required to just hold that thing aloft. Yeah, I, don't know, I have a lower center of gravity. I don't have that problem. It's a, feat. Uh-huh. It's a feat. I, yeah. I can I'm gonna fucking pass go for hours. I don't know what you're gonna because all of the blood rushes down there and it's just massively. Uh, Hard to deal with, you well, know. I, Very I'm, hard to deal I'm with. Because I'm short, I have less blood to have to deal with. There's <laughs> more true. than enough to take care of a business. There's no question there. But that's just. I guess physics. I don't have, like I said, hours. I can go hours. Yeah, hours. that's just that's science, folks. And that and that's pre old man medication. I'm just uh-huh. putting that out there. Okay, that's natural me. This uh, reminds me of there was that very short lived TV show. That was kind of loosely based on He-Man and Masters of the Universe. It was uh, Son of Zorn. Oh, yes. I love Son oh, yeah, of Zorn. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's Sadekis, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was With uh, one... the kid, the fucking guy. Uh, what's his name? The kid I that's in like. I love the kid. I can't think of his name. But there was one scene in that show where he goes to the doctor because he's half human, half <laughs> yeah, cartoon. Half cartoon. <laughs> yeah. And that's the doctor great. is a uh, homeboy from, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Uh the woodworker guy with the mustache from uh, Parks and Rec. Yeah, uh, yeah. That guy. You that know, guy. very deep voice. Ron Swanson and, is the character. Yes, Ron Swanson. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember it, his name either. And the kid is like, you know, there's something wrong with me. Like, this isn't normal. My legs are cartoon legs. You know, I, I just want to, you know, feel like yeah. I'm a normal person. And the Ron Swanson cartoon gremlin doctor tells him, like, well, you know, I don't even have a heart. Like I have a ghost that lives in my chest that scares the blood around my body. <laughs> <laughs> for some fuck, it's so stupid. But for yeah. some reason, like that tickled yeah. me in such a way that I I recorded it on my phone. 
Oh, that's great. I can hear it in his voice, and that's what makes it really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can hear him saying it. Uh, oh. But, oh, wait a minute. I got to make a note. Note to self, tell Hannah not to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Put right. an alarm on that one. Yeah. We don't yeah. need that one out. Right. <laughs> um, uh, so, yes. Yeah. Uh, we were, where we left? Sorry. I, I, I pulled a Joe there and, and spike stripped all over that mm-hmm. paragraph. Um, Luis shows up in a car. Scott gets lightheaded from his huge boner, falls into the water, and Hope actually swims down and saves him. Yep. All right, so now we are in the quantum realm. Hank has suited up, and he's in his vehicle, uh, you know, because this is all timed. He's got to do his part while they do their part to make sure everything works and they can rescue Janet. Um, he loses a signal at first. Um, and then when he gets that signal, he travels down smaller and smaller and smaller. He goes through a little tardigrade field, and he's admiring these little creatures, or these big creatures, until they all decide they're going to eat him. <laughs> and he's waiting for the reboot, waiting for the reboot, and finally uh, it happens, and he's able to take off and escape them. Um, he finally makes it down to Janet. Um, she, they, they see each other. They reunite and kiss. They're, you know, they're just very happy to see. And I have a question. Was it ever explained why he's Hank Pym and she's Van Dyne? <laughs> did she just not take his name? And then why did Hope take her name? That is a hmm. good question. I, it's unimportant in the grand scheme of things, but I just was just I was always wondering that. But that is interesting. Uh, I thought I, it might be a comic thing, but it might not be. It, I think it's a comic thing in the sense that when they introduced those characters, they weren't married yet, even when they were on the same there team. There you go. That would make sense. Um. So it's just con- it's a continuity thing. It's more a, than yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, that's cool. You know, I, I just got sidetracked there. Uh, so meanwhile, at the lab, uh, the lab is returned to its normal size, uh, right in the middle of the street, down by the, the pier. Um, and uh, Ava and Bill are planning to get Janet's quantum energy. Um, Hank and Janet start uh, to return as Ava and Bill begin the process, uh, which starts to drain Janet. Um, Scott and Hope show up and disable their machine, giving Hank and Janet enough time to uh, crash through, the, you know, back from the quantum realm in their little, their little vehicle. Uh, Hope re- reunites with her mother. It's a very cool, touching scene, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, Janet then sees Ava's problem, and with her newly, or not newly, but her quantum realm acquired powers she puts her hands on ava to stabilize her and stop the phasing um so that's also very emotional too you know because again we're dealing with a we're dealing with a marvel uh you know ambiguous uh villain she's not really a villain right you know um she has her she has noble reasons for doing what she's doing she's going about it the right or the wrong way however you want to fall on that but um, it's nice that she gets saved in the end, that Janet does that for her. So, um, so at this point, you know, everything's wrapped up. Everyone leaves as heroes, uh, as the heroes take um, the lab. Um, Bill wants to keep protecting Ava, but she tells him that they need to split up. Uh, the job is done. Uh, it's also another emotional scene that got me a little bit um, outside the lab. Dave and Kurt help uh, Luis incapacitate uh, Birch and his goons, which is now, there is now a callback to the truth serum when the bad guy who developed the truth serum 
you know, they give it to all three of them. So they spill our guts to the police, which is fantastic. Yeah. And, the, and the bad guy just goes, it is a truth serum. <laughs> <laughs> it's just perfect. It's just great stuff. Yeah, uh, it's so much fun. Yeah. So. Um, Wu thinks that, uh, that Scott has got to be on the streets because Ant-Man's out there. Um, but he goes to his house and he finds out that he's still there. Um, so Scott's sentence is now over and he's free once more. Um, as you'd imagine, the first thing he does is go see Cassie. Yes. In the, uh, in the very final scene, Luis gets a new wealthy client for his business to keep them from going under. Hank brings Janet to the beach where they set up a new house that he expands to its original size. That's a cool trick. Uh, I'd love to be able to do that. Yeah, right. Scott uh, shrinks himself, Hope, and Cassie in a car so they can use a laptop as a screen like a drive-in movie. Also a very cool trick. Uh, but they are then bothered by a large butterfly. Yeah. And that's actually, that's actually Hank's house, his original house that he shrunk. Because yeah. there's always jokes about the house being gone, the house being gone, the house being gone through the movie. Yeah. And it wasn't. It was just in you know, another little Altoid box or in a box. It, yeah, it was like a gift box that he had it in for Janet. Um, so we get to the mid credit scene, um, and uh, Hank and Janet have set up uh, the quantum tunnel in the, uh, the gang's van um, on the rooftop. They are up on the rooftop uh, hope, uh, with Hope's help uh, so that Scott can enter. Um, he's there to obtain quantum energy to keep Ava from, to keep, help keep Ava stabilized. Uh, so just as Scott's, he goes, he goes in, he collects the energy just as he's ready to go back. He's talking to Hope on the radio and we hear some static and then just dead. No, no noise whatsoever. Um, so he's stuck down there and, um, you know, the camera cuts out to the real world and we see that Hank, Janet and Hope uh have all been victims of the snap uh the ash going away so that was obviously fucked up <laughs> yeah. yeah you know yeah. It, it, it it it's more impactful when i watch it now knowing the whole story you know oh yeah dude. um it definitely gets to you uh so you know scott is now trapped uh in the quantum realm um with no chance of getting back to earth which is why he does not exist yep. in infinity war <laughs> Let's just wonder. Well, actually, this is after Infinity War because the snap happens at the very end of Infinity War. Oh, duh. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good, aren't I? It's late. So this takes place at the exact same time as Infinity War. As Infinity Apparently, War. like, right. he didn't get the memo that all the rest of the fucking heroes in the world are over in Wakanda fighting and his ass is sitting in a van trying to get quantum energy. Right. Hey, man, he was on the West Coast. He was enjoying the, uh, the, yeah. the coast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he would have got locked up, though. Right, right as he was going in making a joke about how he can hear them on the radio, Thanos was saying, you should have went for the head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty um, much. Pretty much, man. Yeah, it's like simultaneous. Like, while this scene's happening, like, fucking Thor's, like, sh- fucking chopping right? into Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Which makes me wonder now, because that was daytime when that happened, and it's daytime here. Hmm. That's the complete opposite side of the world. Well, East, yeah, East Africa. I don't know what the time difference. It's a pretty big time difference yeah. from San Francisco. You might have caught. You might. Well, I'm thinking it's unless this is like 5 a.m. in San Francisco and it's like 6 p.m. over there. No, I'm thinking it's like 13, 14 hours difference. Yeah, it's exact opposite. I would think because yeah. it's almost the exact opposite side of the world. So morning, it could be. Ah, who knows? Whatever. You might have caught something there. 
That's you a may good point. have. You may have just blown up the yep. whole goddamn MCU, Joe. Thanks saying, a lot. And one's one's uh, north of the equator, one's south of the equator too, which would change the, the you know one being winter and one being summer. Yeah, but they're so we're kind of so close to the equator that it they don't have. Yeah, to, true. Well, Joe, they kind of do in the mountains, but yeah. Look out, Joe! That's fucking. Is, is that behind you? Oh my god! <laughs> what? I don't know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Kevin Feige sprung up behind Joe. And oh, I got you. I got you. Um, <laughs> back in uh, San Francisco, it looks like most of the world is now feeling the effects of the snap. Um, almost all the life in the city and Earth seem to be gone, except for a giant ant who is playing rock band still. <laughs> uh, He's just jamming out the fucking drums. Yeah. I appreciate that little sprinkle of levity after that heavy yeah. ass shit. Yes. All right. So I cleared it up. So. Uh, it's 10 hours time different, difference between okay. San Francisco and East Africa in general. So if it was 7 in the morning, it could be, you know, 5 in the afternoon there. So the daylight, daylight thing works. Wakanda seems like it's somewhere near Kenya based upon where the map zoomed out at the beginning of Black Fan. Yeah, Africa. it's somewhere. It's, it's in the northern part of Africa, but in the eastern part of Africa. No, like it's not on, in the northern. It's like central because it's right under the lake, uh, the big lake that's in the middle of Africa. Was it Lake Victoria, maybe? I, Wherever I, the lake that goes <clears> in the Nile is. Because I remember seeing it in the beginning of Wakanda forever. Or not, I don't know, Black Panther because it zoomed out. And I was trying to figure out exactly where Wakanda was. But it's it's at the base of the the giant lake in the center of Africa. Which is like near, I think, Yeah, Rwanda, it's, under, it's under Niger. Botswana. And north of Nigeria. Zambia, so, yeah, it is Central Africa. Yeah. So, so that might even be another hour difference. So then it's only nine hours difference. Okay, so then if this happened like five or six in the morning in San Francisco, well, even eight in the morning, nine hours later, it's only five in the afternoon in in Wakanda. So, yeah, you know, Again, and if Kevin, they're, they're near the Feige. equator, so they have twelve hour light days That's all true. the time. That's true. Yes, all yes, right, we've cleared that up. All right, I was just curious. No, no, cool. It's a good point. Nicely done, guys. Uh, final point. text reads. Ant-Man and the Wasp will return, dot, 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 question mark. Yeah. So we don't know. We don't yeah. know, but At we do know. At this point, we do not. I mean, if only there's like a really shitty fucking Chang security guard with a rat problem. <laughs> <laughs> that Ugh. rat. That rat is the un- unsung hero. We've talked about it. Oh, yep. definitely. He's the one in 14 million Yep. rat. I wonder if it's because Disney is, owns this and that's that's Ricky Rat. He's, he's Mickey Mouse's cousin. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, that was uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Absolutely, man. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's a sequel, right? I think the biggest question for us as we review this thing is going to be, did it live up to the original? Did it exceed it? Did it fall short of it? Uh... We'll find out as we hit the review. Uh, where's the exciting Marvel music? There it is. Yes. I was just stalling for that, man. <laughs>
So I will uh, I'll go first with my review and my score. Uh, again, this is the MCU scale, not our regular movie scale. So our ones out of fives are weighted a little differently than with our regular movies. Um, this is being weighted against the other Marvel movies. Yep. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp. I loved it. I loved it because it's funny. The comedy, the brand of comedy that they've subscribed to for these movies works really well. Especially when you stack them against the other Marvel movies. They're unique. Um, you know, they're not Guardians of the Galaxy where it's it maybe transcended the humor and become like something really cool and Star Wars-y. Um, but it does its own thing. It's quirky. Paul Rudd is a goddamn treasure. Yes. Cast is great. Um, the visual gags are, are really, really fun. And, you know, it's a strong movie. Is it as good as the original Ant-Man movie? There are elements of it that are, and there are elements of it that maybe are better, but I don't know if it hits quite as strong for me, um, yeah. this sequel. Um, as much as I like it, falls a little short. I, I, I dug all of the nods to the comics and all of, you know, all of that, but um, it does suffer a little bit from that uh, sequelitis. So, I don't know. With all that said, and to be fair, I'd probably give this movie a 4.0 out of 5. Um, I, really, I really like Absolutely. it. It's super watchable. It's funny. Um, but it's, it's, you know, not the best. Yeah. Feel you. Um, yeah, as I watch this, like, it's it's good. It's got great actors in it. It's got a fun story. It it just seems like uh, the villain isn't that big of a threat. Like, especially when you factor the fact that on the other side of the world, every fucking superhero is fighting Thanos, and he's just worried about a girl phasing in and out to save like his his ex girlfriend's mother, <laughs> like. The stakes aren't very high. Like, the biggest thing that happens is he might get caught leaving his house and be under longer house arrest. Like, I don't know. Um, and Walton Coggins is a villain for some reason, just because they wanted to put Walton Coggins in the movie, I guess. Like, because he doesn't really serve much purpose other than to like just be like a speed bump, like between him and the main villain who isn't really even that much of a villain. I don't know. Um, it's got some fun moments. I like. I love the Michael Pena rant for sure. Um, for sure. You know, I, I I like the dick measuring contest. I like, you know, a lot of the gags and jokes in it. Randall Park's always awesome. But, I mean, when you're stacking this, the fact that we just watched Ragnarok and Black Panther and Infinity War right ahead of this, like, so you're like, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp. <laughs> like, it's, it's not in the same vein. Like, no. And, it is and a I've fun movie, but it, it's not comparable at all. I mean, it, yeah, I'm I'm with you, and it and it did feel like the sorbet, like the palate cleanser, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah, it did. It was double duty. It was a palate cleanser, but it was also there was a lot of uh, setup. It yeah. was used as a setup vehicle. It's definitely a setup movie. And also, think, yeah. the whole fact that like Hyundai sponsored this clearly, like there's so much fucking Hyundai product placement in this yeah. movie. It was pathetic. I know. I know. Um, um, yeah, well, that's because the Veloster had just come out too. 
Yeah. So they were pushing that hard, and that's why they had that tricked out yeah. version of it. So except that Veloster still would have not fucking got away from those Charger RTs with five point seven liter. No, of course not. Oh right, we didn't touch on that. But my whole problem with that is when the Veloster shows up out of thin air, the fucking Charger shows up. It wasn't in the chase, was it? No, it was. There, there was another one earlier because they wrecked. They wrecked two of them. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Because I saw the first one get wrecked. I'm like, is that the same one? Because there's another silver charger. They have an endless supply of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's cool. But but yeah, there's absolutely no way that that little Veloster would have ran away from that fucking charger. Like, I think would have ate it for fucking breakfast. But uh, back to what I'm doing here, rating. I forgot what we're even doing. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm probably gonna, you know, and I like stupid fun movies, so like, it's hard for me to like go like this, but. It really, like, in the grand scheme of things, isn't one of the top Marvel movies. Ant-Man 1 was better. <laughs> I mean, it just was. Uh, I'd probably go, like, a 3.8. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it it's pretty much, you know, you guys summed it up. Um, again, I, I, I understand. I think, I think it did its job as... Feige and Marvel wanted it to do as Eric said it was a palate cleanser from the heaviness and it was also a setup movie and I think that whether whether it succeeded or not as far as the villain goes and I agree with Joe that the villain was underwhelming uh, but I mean the you know the the yellow jacket villain in, in the first Ant-Man was kind of you know mini villainish too but I think that the reason for this movie that they had that level of villain was to make sure that the palette was cleansed and that we understood the setup and that we weren't distracted by a big baddie. Yeah, yeah. Again, whether it worked or not, yeah, I'm, I lean towards you know what Joe said. I, I don't think it, it worked. It did detract from it. Uh, so I'm going to fall right in the middle between the two of you and do a 3.9 based on that. There we go. Yeah. We liked right. it. We didn't love it. That's right. okay. That's okay. It's oh, it's fun. a watchable movie. I could watch it when it's on. Not yeah. as much as Ant-Man, the first one, but it's a movie. If I, if I know I'm in, the, in, you know, in need of laughs, yeah. screw it. I'll, uh, it's on, you know? So oh, it works. Yeah. To use one of, one of Doug's favorite phrases, it's dumb fun. And you need there that, you go. You need yeah. that sometimes. Yeah. I feel like whereas, like you said, Black Panther was the scotch and Thor Ragnarok was the fucking yard of beer at Senior Frogs, this is like uh, a wine spritzer. This was someone who ordered Jägermeister and you're like, you're 35 years old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you should be more mature than this, but yeah. it tastes good. Yep. It tastes good. You know, it's, a, it's a Jaeger bomb. It's fun. It's Yeah, exactly. All right, well... Yeah, it's a I'd say pretty average uh, MCU movie, but it's funny and it's a it's a good time, lighthearted. You'll enjoy it. Um, that's where we landed. We got some people to thank. Yeah, by we the do. way, we do indeed. Um, first person we got to thank is show sponsor Mo Dewitt Dewitt Law. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. If you have legal questions, just call Mo. If you need help. Uh, naming your giant ants, don't call them out. Don't do it. No. But if you if your car is damaged by a large large man, I guess you could call Mo because Mo would fight to get the damages. What if you were standing on like Fisherman's Wharf and you got hit by a giant building that expanded out of nowhere? I think Mo could help with that. 
that would definitely fall into Mo territory yeah. for sure. Absolutely. You might what be confused you, by the call. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But, right. you know. Yes. What if you had, like, a really nice, expensive suit on and a giant man came over and, like, passed out into the water and just completely soaked you with seawater? Eh, it's a suit. Suit schmoot. Yeah. Oh, and if you take some kind of, like, dick medicine and all the blood rushes to your dick <laughs> and out of your head and you fall down and, and concuss or whatever, that's a mo call for sure. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh nice. That's good yeah. to mo. No matter how big or small you are. Right? That's I good mean, to Mo. Mo would help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he needs to steal that slogan. He can have it. That, that's yours. Yeah, He's that's like, free, Mo. You got these kind of problems? It's good to Mo. Good to Mo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, thank you, Mo. And we've got some more folks to thank our, our beautiful uh, patrons from our Patreon. Uh, that's patreon.com backslash MOTCU if you want to find us and contribute. Um, we've got a little bit of a race going uh, with our our sister slash brother podcast jsm we've got 12 over there we got eight here now so yeah. how about we get four more folks dollar a month all right so we can we can have 12 that would be really great absolutely uh, and, so and those while, yeah. while we're on the subject and before we thank our patrons uh let's just visit patreon.com slash m-o-t-c-u to support the show you cheapskate <laughs> there you go that's that. it couldn't be summed up better that's yeah. fantastic uh, so yeah, so we've got Hannah Christ, who's not allowed to listen to this episode. Um, <laughs> Peter Bianco uh, from the Tone Jerks and the Second Button Podcast, Mr. Brian Gower. Uh, Will Lehu, our friend and co-host on the Just Surprise Me Podcast. Uh, next is Tony DeGraw from the Signal Path Podcast, the Texas State Boggle Chance Podcast, which is a King of the Hill recap podcast that he does with Joe. And there's the Texas Size 10-4 Podcast, which is a letter Kenny recap podcast that he does with joe and john schick um we have mr what's that lady schick lady schick (laughs) yeah uh and we have mr michael mcveigh um i'm gonna switch it around a little bit because i always like to go last but definitely not least so our newest patreon member and we can't thank him enough mr michael van zandt and last but definitely not least is mr u g rection Misdirection, hey. thank you so much. And that's it, folks. Yes, thank you, guys. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for continuing to uh, throw money at us to help us do this thing we do. And if you don't and you would like to, go ahead and check out the uh, the site. We do offer some pretty cool things for those who want to be a part of the Patreon crew. Yeah. Um, you know, we got tears. I'm sure you heard the ad somewhere in in one of these episodes um you know we got some stuff to give away and like i said previous episode if you would like some free stuff hit us up and i will get it sent out to you at my own pace leave me alone i'm a busy guy (laughs) fuck off (laughs) i'm just kidding but yeah that's uh that's that's it man there's only one thing left to do yeah. yeah, man, like, so the other day we were recording this podcast, like, you know, me and my homie Eric and Doug, and then we decided, like, hey, man, we did this ratings thing, we did this thing where we thanked our Patreons, we did this thing where we thanked our show sponsor, because, like, you know, I was, like, all standing by the water when this big-ass building came down and it knocked my car over, and then I, you know, I was in this Hyundai, but, like, this charger ran into me, and I was like, yo, bro, what's up with that charger, man? That thing's got a 5.7-liter Hemi, and it's not keeping up with this Veloster with a 2.0-liter turbocharged, and I'm like, yeah, bro, you know, Hyundai's really stepping up their game lately. Hyundai, Kia, South Korea, that's what's all about. So- 
Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but not safe for anything right. picks. Yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, Patreon.com/slash/MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah, The yeah. tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. With that being said, lights. <laughs> oh, God, it's hard to follow that, dude. That was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Anyway, camera. I will say fuck you, but I'll also say when you edit this episode, don't even let it get to this point. Just fade out you talking. Just get the volume down low, low. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because that was a masterpiece. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you.